B, where MMA and UFC get silly. This is the Lat B Podcast. Live here on Lat B MMA. As always, I'm your host, Emmanuel, here with Cheney. Little bit of a mixed up intro. Welcome back. Welcome back. It caught me off guard here. How have you been since our last pay-per-view? We had Adesanya versus Costa come in. It was a stacked 11-card event. It was a fun time. It was a super what, fun your time. Weekend were you Where's watching, your weekend take? Did you say the intro was messed up because you were watching your own Twitch channel and it's on a delay? And then you saw it starting. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome you were that's no, like the edit, that, you're like i saw myself on tv <laughs> a glitch in the matrix for sure for uh, sure for sure in the there the fights were so fun yep what'd you take away if it's not a rep ruptured peck um it was just hanging awfully saggy boobly for me <laughs> So it just feels like he wasn't taking his estrogen uh, blockers there, as most of the bodied up bodybuilders will tell you. You got to take the blockers or you grow man tits. Is it weird how uh, much you could see it in one tit specifically? Um, that's why I feel like it's more likely that it's actually uh, an estrogen blocker that potentially wasn't taken. Um because I feel like the few guys I've known that did the steroids and stuff would say that usually it's one instead of the other. You'll get one big one. It's not both at the same time, but eventually both will grow. Um, he hasn't talked about an injury as well either on that side. That's the only other thing I could think. A ripped up pec muscle that rolled up inside of his titty. But he was throwing that hand. Um, I guess we'll see when it ages. We'll see as it goes. But he didn't have that anywhere before. I looked at his other fights. He's never had a saggy no, right breast. I agree with you. I saw a couple of people uh, being like, he always had that shaped boobs. And I'm like, no, because we would have noticed no. it the whole time he fought. We would have talked about it every uh, single fight. We always talk the about Nip tits. King over here? <laughs> the Nip King? <laughs> <laughs> we like, really, we're going to point out Gastelum's tits and not that? <laughs> Come on. Exactly. Everybody else's. And I'm not going to tell you. the. And the reason we're talking about it is because we picked it up. Because it, it wasn't there before. It's funny. Um, I was on Tinfoil Hat on Monday for any conspiracy people out there. It's a podcast. And the very first. It's a huge podcast, but it's a total conspiracy podcast. Um, I thought it was super funny that the very first question that was asked was what I thought about Israel's tit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't Hi, know if it's conspiratorial, but it could be because he had the bleached hair beforehand, and I don't know. Mm. Mm, I don't know if Illuminati's involved, but for sure there's some sort of extra testosterone being pumped into that young man's body somewhere. And it's not unprecedented, and that's where people get up in arms. Not that Adesanya's popped because he never has in his career, but I'm just talking about elite athletes taking alt or substances to give them peak performance. Not new in our sport. Not going to be new. It's going to keep happening. Um, really surprised that after the main event, all of the steroid talk is on Adesanya instead of Paulo Costa. And um, what about Paulo Costa saying that um, he uh, wants a rematch? 
Yeah, no, that's a big fat no, dog. <laughs> that's a big fat no. We watch you get raw dog in the middle of the octagon, bro. You gotta go to the bat at the eighth place, easy. That's embarrassing. <laughs> raw dog. And I don't mean more that. <laughs> Um, I told y'all, I knew it was going to end up like that in the middle of the octagon. <laughs> I knew something gay was going to happen. I've been saying those are the two <laughs> gayest guys in the UFC, and I knew something gay was going to happen inside the octagon. <laughs> that was crazy. So, um, but it was Pio Costa, is he a never was? Does he look that ridiculous? Um, no, because I do think that he definitely makes a lot of really interesting fights for other opponents. Um, but when he's in there with a real tactician who could, uh, I guess change throw? the game plan. I know. What's that? Did he even throw? He did not. And that's what I was going to go into. A lot of people are like Costa. It got to him not having the crowd, this, that, and the other. No, what got to him was Israel Adesanya across from him, kicking him in the god dang legs and body and head. That's what got the Costa. That's what backed them off. Same thing happened with Joel Romero when they're like, Romero only moves forward. You eat a couple counter shots, and guess what? You don't walk into punches. But that's why we were big on Adesanya. We had a bowling-type fighter against a counter striker. But the same thing I feel like happened in with uh, Romero, and a lot of people don't make mention of this, is they ate counter shots. They ate a couple counter shots and said, I can't do that a lot because I'm going to end up going down. And it was a matter of time. Um but it was definitely a master class, as some might say, for Zalatasanya in there. A lot of people didn't think Costa would look that human in there. And boy, yeah, did he. I mean, as you you're saying, I don't think he landed one head strike. Do you th- see anyone threatening Israel for a while? <sighs> yes. Yes, I do. I actually, even though I'm getting ahead and he's a 170-pounder who's fought at 85, but the exact guy that's going to give Adesanya trouble gonna be a grappling wrestler chimaev being ultra pressure forward kind of the habib up in that higher weight division give him a couple more fights um and that it'd be who of adesanya to get chimaev while he's young and still might have some openings because the better chimaev gets at really working that ground game that's the beauty of mma that's the counter to the striking you can't counter strike me off your back just not gonna happen so really fun matchups um a lot of people saying Adesanya is cleared out of the division. I still see a ton of fun matchups in there for him. I mean, Cannonier is knocking at the door. Hermanson's taking his shot back. Uh, Gastelum doesn't look like that bad of a fighter all of a sudden going five rounds when we've had Whitaker and Costa not make it out of two. I actually so. prefer a guy that, you know, you wouldn't think it like Costa, um, uh Yoel Romero, these bull-type moving-forward fighters. I'm actually more intrigued for Israel Adesanya against maybe like the Darren Tills, maybe like the Luke Rockholds. Like when you get, when you're such a precision player at striking, it's almost like, especially with that takedown defense, if you can't get him down and you have to play his game, it behooves you to know how to play that game. And so I think you're going to find the guys that have the best luck with Adesanya are going to be guys that have a kicking game that people keep people in that three and four range of strikes and kicks. I don't think a guy with a ground game like Usman, I think the idea of this opposite being the one to take him down is old school thinking. I think if a guy 
has 100% takedown defense or 90% takedown defense and you have to be on your feet, you can't rely on that anymore. That game plans out the window. So um, Adesanya is very dangerous to me in the division. But I like a guy like um, who you just said, his next fight. Chimaev? No. Cannoneer? Cannoneer. Cannoneer's a scary, well-rounded guy. I think he might not have as much power as Costa, but I would say you'd be surprised. That's what I tell people. The thing about Cannoneer is he doesn't have a ground game. Like, he has takedown defense, but he doesn't have shots. He's more of a striker boxer. Um, So maybe, as your assessment there, as you're saying, at range, he's going to have luck. But I feel like we're seeing Adesanya be a master. I don't think the ground fighter is the going to be the one i don't think uh and chemayev chemayev no offense to him to guess he's the ground guy we're looking for is so like out of the ballpark right now it's not proven yet at at all we haven't even seen him on the ground with a grappler so um, correct we hope he's khabib because he says smash but um, but no it's not that he says smash like the way he gets to those positions are very dominant and he does it in a very Dominant precision type of way. That's why it looks good. But it's against guys that we don't consider UFC caliber at all. That's why it looks good. This is the truth. Well, other than Mirashart, some of us do consider them that. But did they go to the ground once? They didn't. Well, Mirashart didn't think much. (laughs) Well, I mean, but it's neither here nor there. But we have Maya next. Maya, Chamayev, Maya next, which is supposedly still maybe on the works. But if you want to get our full breakdown on all 11 of those bouts, we did have a fun roundtable at Fights of the Roundtable. Be sure to at Fights of the Fights Roundtable, I believe, on Twitter. Fights Round, at Fights Round. I don't know. We're trying to get better at putting it out there. You can always find it on the Backlog Network live right after the fight. You can just tune into the Backlog Network, and we're usually all popping on right around the time the winner, after he gives his uh, official, what, speech? What? <laughs> what's his? How did you like the actual, in the octagon, and we didn't talk about it, uh, post-fight speeches? I like it in the Actual, octagon better. Me too. I don't like them going and putting the headphones on and trying to stand in front of a camera and not curse. Um, I thought that they were lifting some of that cursing stuff on ESPN+. And initially I was like, oh, I could see the cursing. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, we just saw Dominic Reyes's nose go to the other side of his face and we can't say fuck. Good like, point. And what's going on here? Not all people are going to. It's a personal opinion yeah. how you want other people exactly. to see you. Do you want to go out there and be a trash bag? Or are you hyped out of your mind and be like, shit, 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 shit? Or you're like, God bless everyone. Do you think Stephen Thompson would ever cuss on camera no. for, for, for any fight, right? It does, it's just not him. No. Who is Stephen so, Thompson supposed to fight? No, he's calling out uh, Leroy, Leroy Scott. 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 Fucking Leon Scott. <laughs> Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking lost it all. <laughs> Damn it. No, it was Colby, bastard. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Mosvidal that started going. No, it was Colby, <laughs> the bastard. Um, that's a great fight. I love it. And I'm more intrigued about Stephen Thompson now with all these new guys in the division than I have been for five years. I love his fighting style against some of these guys. I'm He's... He doesn't need to move up. He's not a guy that ever uh, 
looks like he's super gaunt. Uh, but if he mm-hmm. went up to 185, if he had more Chris Wyden's build, his style is what I'm curious about against Adesanya. It's that kind of weird, different, unorthodox kickboxing style. Or I don't even know if it's kickboxing. I'm a little naive with those things. But anywho. Oh, congratulations, Jan. Polish power, Jan. Absolutely. Did you see his homecoming there? Mm-mm. He had a stay, he had a full crowd at the airport showing off the belt. Second Polish prince to ever have the UFC belt out there at a ripe 38 years old. That body kick was gnarly. We really went into depth with this one on Fights of the Round Table, so definitely get in on that if you want to hear it all. But yeah, well noted. Again, I was really surprised that you went with Dominic Me Reyes. Too. I was, I'm like, I, th- I could have. Not even, uh, doesn't matter the price. Give me, Jan, you've just been that big on that train. So, uh, hey, as soon as you get on the train, right, we got to jump off. (laughs) Well, no, it was almost (laughs) like um, with Dom, he was your one to pick throughout the year. He did everything right. Mm -hmm. And it was nothing against Jan in my picking Dom. It was how... I felt Dominic was dominant in the fight against John Jones. He didn't slay him. He didn't win all five rounds. I just felt like it was a dominant performance against the guy we consider the GOAT. And so it it put him on a rung to me. The bummer for me, which I said it, I I think, for months or even beforehand, I think Yom would have beat John Jones too and maybe knocked him out cold. Um, I just didn't get to see that. So Dom was the youth and... uh, that John Jones performance really swayed me. But I also have to say, immediately when I saw them across from each other in the octagon, I felt like Dominic Reyes did not have any muscle tone in his body at all. I felt like Jan stole all his muscle. <laughs> That's the worst I've ever seen Dom's body look. I thought he looked a little softer in there, but either way, uh, take nothing away from Jan. He did all that damage regardless of the body type he was in against in there. So, uh, Reyes getting a new nose job in there, already talking about coming back, getting back on the train, and uh, good for him. He will be here. Thank you, at Ricky MMA on the Twitch, so letting us know Kill You All went off on the fights of the roundtable, so be sure to get in on that when we talk about all of these fun fights. Apparently, Ricky's also informing us here that Thompson's scheduled to fight Chimaev, or no, Kamzat, yeah. I had heard of that fight, but I didn't know it was scheduled. I thought it was still Maya. So, oh, I love give that him more. anybody ring. I like that so much more. Thompson versus Chimaev. Yep. That's what. Yeah, I was that's a really for. fun fight. That's what I was dreaming of in my head when you were talking about Chimaev. That's why I even talked when Wonder Boy came up. That was my dream fight, but I didn't know it had happened. That makes me super. Excited. I know they were talking about it, but I didn't know it was officially on the books. Apparently, it is, and I now that he's saying something, I did hear about it. Uh, been busy in those stat books for sure. Um, where are we here? So, uh, Chamaya versus Neil. What do you guys think about that? Mister Ricky is asking here. Oh, I love that fight too. I would love it too. It's essentially Thompson with a lot more power, a little different game, but that's still that striker with solid take down the fence so yeah i would love love that fight we got an 11 card about out of abu dhabi ufc fights uh, fight island four it is definitely going to be a little skimpy as far as the names as far as ufc caliber we've been getting a lot of fight cards and this one to me finally looks like it's like 
if you got to do some of that family time, you're not going to miss tons potentially missing out on this Saturday night card. But you know me. I'm a heathen. I'm going to be watching every single one of these bouts. My girl already knows Saturdays are done to the new year. <laughs> like, it's over. Knows. Saturdays are for the boys. <laughs> absolutely Hanging absolutely the in there <laughs> she's always welcome to hang in there but after a couple fights she's like all right this is too much blood i need to get i'm gonna go lay down <laughs> but definitely home versus aldana is gonna be headlining this one maybe that'll give her good of enough of a reason to want to stay up and watch the ladies headlining this um i know that there was a main event that ended up falling out but uh, Holly Holmes more than willing to take this uh, headlining bout, being the name value in here, giving Aldana a shot. But you know who you, how we always do it around here. We start from the bottom to the top. It ain't going to change. At 155 pounds, we have Jesse Ayari coming in against Luigi Vendamini. Vendamini, 8-1, came into the UFC somewhat short notice to fight Zaleski. Zaleski in there beating him two years ago. He's had a bit of a break, had some injuries in there. The 24-year-old having that big of a break, it only scares me if he wasn't doing anything, but I did see he had some regional jiu-jitsu competitions and stuff. Um, but tends to be a striker. Standing-wise, he had a really good record coming into the UFC, having Zaleski as your first opponent. We can't give him any shit for that. He actually looked good coming forward, but eventually got finished. Um but a lot of room to grow there and at an already really good base for Luigi in there. Ayari is a German fighter, 16-5. and five, Came into the UFC against Darren Till. Not against Darren Till, against Jim Wallhead, who's no longer in the UFC. Won a split decision. Then lost to Darren Till in a decision. Then a year ago, lost to Stevie Ray in a decision. Ayari is more of a ground guy with not a good takedown. Striking-wise, a little more looping than Vendamini. I actually think Vendamini's the better on the guy on the ground as well. Has a better triangle lock around the body and waist. Ayari uh, just has really low output. Darren Till had more output in him than him in that decision as well, which is never a good sign. Um, so I think Ayari just likes to keep it striking and get into these decision-type fights. Low caliber, but uh, definitely a much higher prospect a much uh, more well-rounded game in vendermini in here uh give me luigi decision this is a big fat stay away and it's an easy one for me finally i've usually played these first ones um but i'm gonna big fat stay away from this one give me luigi decision who do you think you're taking in this uh gross first one of the night i agree with you everywhere and it's partially because ayari is never really shown to be ufc caliber the other part is i like a guy on short notice against a killer like zaleski and fighting at 170 and so he's we're gonna see him for the first time at his natural weight class against a guy i don't consider ufc caliber i'm gonna stay away from this but give me my shot on the guy you know <laughs> that we haven't really seen yet compared to the guy right. that we've seen and i don't like he <laughs> right three decisions for sure regardless of opponent uh it was really bad tape going back and watching that on DraftKings, you're gonna end up paying for ayari eight thousand two hundred against luigi's eight thousand even even so if there was a side for me to take, I think the more likely finisher is Luigi there. But even on the betting lines, it's minus 115 Ayari, minus 105 Luigi. Uh, give me that slight underdog. I think you're on the same boat as that. And 
probably a low scorer, but out of the two, it'd be Luigi to pay if you're going to play with that, if you're going to try. Um, that's the only way to go for me. Super weird, weird, crazy fight there. Then we move on to a much funner one at 135 pounds where Casey Kenny comes in returning against Haile Aliatang. Aliatang coming out of China, the 14-7 and seven fighter, does have some training over at Alpha Male. Last beating Ryan Benoiton. I don't... Was it Abu Dhabi? No, Ryan Benoit fell out of his fight. Um, but prior to that, Benoit losing a split. I believe it was in China. It was fairly controversial. I do think Benoit ended up squeezing that one out against Bagriel in there. He was an underdog and came out and won. Um, when Ali you said Tang squeezing some... that one out, it seemed like you were about to squeeze one out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're really rough fights for Alatang. He gets beat up in there. He's a good striker, straight punches down the middle, and his wrestling's got a whole lot better. His gas tank uh, made a big improvement in his last fight, but it's still been super low level. Super low level. So here, uh, Casey Kenny's come in as a big underdog multiple times and come up. He's only lost... To Davishvili, where he got tired seven months ago, coming in and beating Smoker the way he did as well. Guy I like a lot. I feel like Aliatang is going to be keeping Casey Kenny off of him more than he's going to be actually fighting in there. And I just think Kenny can overwhelm him in all the spots. Kenny's a better uh, wrestler. Strikes, I feel like Kenny's a little bit better. I think they both have the equivalent amount of power, but the gas tank, I think that's where it, it comes the biggest advantage for Kenny. And a lot of people see that at minus 305. I don't like that big of a line, um, but I do think that two to one is easily right for Casey Kenny here. Alatang just kind of being outgunned in a lot of spots. Who do you think you're taking in this one? I got a decision. I'm going to go with Casey Kenny decision as well. Um, I really, I had, I think I, I was the only person alive that had Casey Kinney against Davishvili, so I'm gonna stick with him for all the same reasons. It's just um, Davishvili out Casey Kinney, Casey Kinney. So um, they're kind of the same fighter to me. It's just Davishvili's better everywhere, and uh, that was his wall. That that's his high water mark to me. But I don't see Alatang as any Davishvili. So I think Casey Kinney can. Uh, keep this fight where he wants to be the faster guy everywhere with more cardio. And I think that's what he's used to being. And Davish Bailey was like, no, no, I'm the dude with the cardio. So give me Kenny by a low scoring decision on DraftKings, You're going to end up having to pay 9,000, even for the decided three to one favorite Kenny against Dalia Tang, 7,200. Kenny's the only side of this I like, even though the average points here for Kenny, 74 points, 75 points if you round up. Uh, Alia Tang, 71 points on average. So Alia Tang actually averaging quite a bit there. Do you think you're going to be playing either of these guys on your DraftKings card? Probably not. I mean, if I'm going to play one, it's going to be Kenny, but I don't You like muted. Did I mute? Uh, I think you might have muted. Oh, now you're back on. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick uh, Casey Kenny. Uh, or, but if I play either one, it'll be Casey Kenny, but I probably won't play him too much for 9,000. Totally agree with that. It's going to be in that 10% range. I don't like Elliot Tang at all there. Um, 
but it's it's steep. Nine thousand is a little too steep in a decision type of a fight, even if it's a little one sided here. So I agree with that. Be tentative, tentative there. Again on the betting this weekend overall, I'm gonna hang back. There's a lot of fights that are super close, and it's like we got a lot of cards coming up ahead. Um, so I don't think usually I'm playing like twenty cards, maybe even thirty at the max as far as DraftKings. This is gonna be in like the five to ten card range, and then I'm gonna make a couple easy bets. Just not the fight night for it, uh, as far as I see it. I did hear about, hear Ricky in the chat talking about the guy who won on Duwadu, Knight, and Roy Val. I just call that lot V-Picks, because that's exactly what I ended up picking on the damn show. And then I switched um, from Duwadu over to, uh, who's his tits? To Gugov, because he came in five pounds overweight. Well, but, I uh, listened to Lat B, so I switched from Gugov to Duwadu. And it was absolutely the right call. We always had Knight, and of course, Roy Val. We told you guys Roy Val was going to come through. That was easily the plus okay. money puesta there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel yeah, like yeah. Roy going to be that one guy that takes me a long time to get on his side because I think he's going to keep being paired up, and I'm going to like the guy he's paired up against, and he's going to overcome that, and I'm going to keep being on the wrong side of it until, you know, I get on, and every, then it's like, Wee! <laughs> that's when I need to know when to jump. That's, that's gonna when I be, be like, like all right, Rodell right. ain't gonna win this. You'll change your pick right on air. You'll be like, okay, <laughs> he won't be Jeremy Stevens. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so one I might get you on board here at 115 pounds. We got Luma Lukbumni coming in against Jin Yu Frey. How about that pronunciation for you? Nobody gives the props out when that comes out clean. So <laughs> that nine and five fighter Dufre coming in with a loss against Kay Hansen in her debut triangle armbar three months ago the former 105ers coming out of Genesis BJJ she is 35 years old definitely in the tenure of her career for sure but having a long and victor reign she likes to keep it striking she does have some submissions but we saw it in the last fight uh being on the ground is definitely not her forte here. Frey has to keep it striking, and at that, she's more of a decision fighter. The only way she really beats women is by a thousand cuts, and against Luke Boomni, she's been fighting since she was 11 years old. I'm making that up. I don't know exactly know if it's that, but the Thai culture has a history of that, so it wouldn't be that obscure for me to actually be right on that. But Luke, Luke Boomni comes in with a 4-2 record. that I would ever say she got them heels. Them heels? Yeah. I feel like she drop kicks people weird and drops some heels on them. <laughs> she does axe kicks for sure. The foreign two fighter is definitely a Muay Thai fighter fighting out of Tiger Muay Thai. It's Luke Bumni Muay Thai, but I know she has Tiger Muay Thai ties there. Um, likes that clinch a lot. Definitely you can see she's a Muay Thai striker. She grabbing the living daylights out of a fighter's. If you wear a shirt on Luke Bumni, she will rip it off. In the middle of a fight, so <laughs> just know style. that. Yeah, absolutely. But that's because she loves to be in that clinch. Her best work's always in that uh, knees to the body, staying in close. She has a good kick uh, to retreat on her outside. Uh, definitely showing that she's progressing. Her takedown defense is getting better. It's on the ground. Luke Boomney is novice. Frey isn't good on the ground, but Luke Boomney is, I mean, barely a white belt, if you could say that. So... It's a really tough fight, but I think it stays striking. I think Frey has to take it to the ground to win, but if 
I think the more volume comes in for Loma here. Give me Loma decision. It's a really close one on the betting lines. I think she's a little more active and a better striker. Uh, but a probably big fat stay away on this one. This is a close one. I'm going to go look boomy decision. I think she'll score about 82 points. And I probably will play look boomy. How many points do you think she'll get? 82. 82. Wow. Uh, definitely more generous than I would think. I would be in that 60-point range is what I would think she gets in there. Being the minus-130 slight favorite there, coming in at 8,500 on DraftKings against Frey, 7,700. How much did you say I do think me that was? 8,500. 8, 5, 8, What's her average score? She would have 58 points. And she, she doesn't always win, so she has the actual average in of some losses. So having that, she'll at least get like a 20-point push probably on that score. Absolutely. And this is Absolutely. kind of a set-up fight for her in a weird way, a stand-up striking fight like this that she doesn't have to worry about it going to the ground and anywhere in the clinch she's more dangerous, so the girl will want to keep it at distance. I feel like Look Boomy is looking pretty dangerous here. <laughs> <laughs> I like the attempt. I like the attempt. Definitely on the, the dad status. Versa. <laughs> it was almost a dad joke. <laughs> it was very close to a dad joke. But damn. Um, Luke Boomy there is going to not be the play at 8-5 for me. I, I think I'm going to, again, probably big fat stay away from that. About, but it's going to be an interesting one. I actually um, am interesting because it, it looks like it's going to be a, a standing bang type of about there. Then at 185 pounds, we have a much more interesting matchup coming in against a dirty, disgusting, a d -d 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 double, a debut at 185 pounds. We got Jordan Williams coming in against Nazreen Imav. 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 Imava. <laughs> Imava. I saw it earlier. I read it earlier as well. Listen to it a few times here. Um, but Williams coming off of the Contender Series 9 and 3. Being on the Contender Series three times, finally getting a finish his last time out two weeks ago and being signed only uh, because he ended up um, winning, the, uh, winning via knockout. Prior to that, his two decisions weren't able to get him in the UFC. He is from Santa Rosa, California. You know that North Cow Fighting Alliance. Those North Cowboys got some legitimate uh, cardio up there. They got the natural weed in their lungs up there, and they're definitely putting in the work. But Williams is shown to be a great grappler, uh, high school state wrestling standout, heavy overhand right. Uh, game coast into a decision because he does gas a little bit. That's with his heavy strikes. He does throw eight, nine punch combinations. But if he doesn't finish you in that flurry, then all of a sudden he really starts to wilt, look very soft in there, very just uh, weathered and arms down very low. Um, but he can grind out a decision even when he is that tired. And again, he look like an Imov in here. Head? I mean. He's from the Pacific Coast. I definitely think he could have some Tongan ties in there for sure. Some. Uh, Arthur, do we know what the Easter Island, Island heads are? I don't aren't think anyone they knows. Samo Samoan? Aren't I don't they think Tongan? Anyone Samoan? knows? Oh, but the island they're on. 
they're aren't they on the island of Samoa or am I wrong on that? I think they're on Easter Island. Oh, Easter Island. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if so, anyone knows. It's just from an ancient race of people that they built these things and we thought forever they were heads and just of recent we've uncovered more of their bodies. Um, I don't know. Anyway, he looks like an Easter Island head. Google. He's got a big solid jaw, that's for dang sure. Against the 8-2 and two fighter out of France, the 24-year-old has been training not too long from now. Um, what are we going to call him? The Russian sniper here is fighting I'm out talking of about, by the way. What not, was that? It's Jordan Williams I'm talking about, by the way, not Emma Ma. <gasps> oh, absolutely. Okay. The Russian sniper in here definitely has a much more uh, interesting swagger coming out of the MMA factory. Who's the only other fighters you know coming out of the MMA factory? You know what? Rose Nama Yunus? Mm. Close. Okay. Close. Francis Ngannou is the only other MMA. Huh. And Tom Dukenois, but no longer in the UFC because he retired. So those two, I think Surreal Gain had a little bit of ties out there as well. But um, interesting, just kind of the only representation out of France, even though, well, it's because MMA was only made legal like two years ago. So... Uh, they just recently started doing it. But here, the Russian sniper shows that he has good boxing, a good gas tank. Uh, he moves forward well, slips, punches really well. A good reversed wrestling as well. Uh, solid take down the fence. There was some shots that got to his legs on some of his regional scenes, but he was able to defend them. But they were garbage shots. So definitely not UFC caliber fighters he's fighting here. And against Williams, he's fighting stateside where it's been legal for a long time. I just feel like he's fought better opponents. Um, I want to take a shot on this underdog. I think Nazdreen is somebody that people that he can grow at 24 years old and really turn into a he's got a lot of really good stuff showing in here. Uh, but at this point in time in their fight career, I feel like uh, Williams is just a little further ahead. Um, but I can see a shot on the dog here. Give me Williams' decision. I'm really torn. Imov, I might switch. Let's see weigh-ins, what happens. Because two weeks ago, just fighting on contender hearings, a weight cut as well, 85. Um, Williams is one of these guys that I'm really waiting for weigh-ins to see what happens. Because he doesn't look like it's he walks on at 85. Like He definitely cuts a little bit. And that flight over affects everything. The time change. This is going to be at... 1, 2 a.m. in the morning for these guys. This does matter. I agree. I think Jordan Williams looks good everywhere, and one of the things I've learned from listening to Lat B all these years is usually wrestling is the answer for jujitsu if it's used correctly. So I think that Imavov, um, he seems like he has jujitsu and wrestling, and I'm wondering uh -huh. if he's not going to have the better cardio throughout the whole thing and pull off a late submission. Uh, mm -hmm. It's really I don't see him getting finished. I had Williams' decision, but after listening to your breakdown, I'm switching and I'm going uh, Nazordin Imavov, and I'm going to go by a late submission and like uh, after cardio wears out, maybe at the end of round two, beginning of round three. Right. Nazreen does have a win over Patty Pimlet, who is the number one prospect out of UK that think a lot of people think should be UFC caliber. I don't because he loses the people like Nazreen. But as you're saying, um, and I don't think I touched on this at all, 
He does have a solid jujitsu game. His darts is very sneaky, and he hunts for them as well. Um, once now, uh, once the Russian snipers on top here or on the ground, he doesn't just flop over and allow guys to beat him up. He's constantly moving. Um, so I am um, saying that wrestling will just kind of negate that a bit. But I, as you're saying, the better gas tank here is Virgin Nazarene. Um, the Russian sniper, as I'm saying, I'm. I could be swayed. Uh, the the shots on the dog here. I got William's decision right now. Uh, by the end of the week, you'll have my final on there if you're following on the Twitterverse for sure. On DraftKings, you're gonna end up paying eight thousand seven hundred for the minus one sixty favorite Williams against the Russian sniper Imov seven thousand five hundred. On DraftKings, the plus 130 underdog. It's dog or pass here as far as DraftKings is concerned in my boat. Then we have a bit of a profile showcase bout here at 145 pounds for Charles Jordan. Coming in against Joshua Kulabau. Kulabau is an 8-1 fighter fighting out of Austria. He's out of the Igor MMA scene. He's coming in on short notice and fought Jalen Turner seven months ago. Remember doing the tape study, going back and watching a bit of stuff and just thinking that if it wasn't short notice replacement, uh, Kulabau probably wouldn't have got a shot in there. And then Turner did exactly what he needed to in there. I did like Kulabau's... Um, intent in the fight he knew he was an underdog and didn't give a shit uh he went in there and tried to finish turner regardless of skill um it showed a ton of heart but it really also showed a level or the lack of level of ability for Kulabau once that gas tank's completely gone i mean he gets into the white belt status of allowing the passes for turner to make him look like an absolute monster in there which he is compared to Kulabau. Uh, but I feel like uh, that cardio was definitely a big issue. And even without that, Kulabau gets hit a little bit. Uh, he has to eat a punch to land his shots. But he does have good two and three punch combinations. And on the ground, he will attack with Darces and a lot of guillotine type stuff. But here, Air Jordan, Charles Jordan at 10 and 3 is definitely a standout fighter. He came into the UFC... Lost to Des Green in a decision, came back as a big underdog against Choi, knocked him out, and then controversially lost a split decision where even Andre Feely acknowledged that he probably shouldn't have won that fight. Charles Jordan was definitely the fresher fighter in that third round. Feely was wearing it hard, and it was just a lot of body shots, a lot of teeps, a lot of front kicks, a lot of movement for Jordan. He's really making a ton of steps, a lot of the Canadian guys I know that are out there talking about regional guys, they're all saying, watch out for Jordan. He's our dark horse out there at 145. He's the, him and Duwadu are the guys to look out for, for the up and coming Canadian fighters. And um, I mean, with Jordan, they're absolutely right here. Super slick on the ground, showed that he can go hard three against Feely, which we're here big on Latvi. And the fact that he was wilting Feely in that third round and Feely still squeaked out that split decision, going back and watching that, I I had Feely in that fight and was like, got lucky watching that again, being like, holy shit, Feely lost a living daily. It could have been a 10-8 round in that 10, maybe I'm exaggerating, but uh, looking into this bout, Jordan's just a much better fighter, much more polished. Uh, even if Kulabau made the gas tank changes skill wise, he's not as powerful or skilled enough to get to Jordan. Uh, he, I think he rolls here. TKO round number two. This is actually one of the more confident guys I'm on throughout the night, but the betting line shows that. Who do you think you're going to be taking in this one? 
Hmm. He might convince me to move it up to round number two, but I have Jordan by submission round number three. I think he's going to stand with Koulibau in the first round, and Jordan does those flying, flashy, sneaky kind of things, and he does hold a good gas tank. Uh, But I think power for power, if he tries to stand and do that shit in the first round with Koulibau, it is not going to be good. And so I think he could even lose the first round. Um I can see the submission going in the late second, uh, but I do see the submission coming by way of really hurting Koulibau after he starts dropping his guard, his cardio starts wearing. I think uh, Charles Jourdain can get flashy and then catch him uh, where he can set up one of those crazy knees by um, getting him to duck into it or something, and then I think he catches that neck. So I do think he sets up the submission uh, for... Uh, by some kind of brutal, flashy knee or something like that. And that's the submission up from there. I have it round two now. I just moved it. I did have it round three uh, because I do like him so late in the latter rounds. But uh, Kulabo is not even close to as good as Feely where he can make it that far once his cardio wears out in the first. Absolutely right on that. Absolutely. If you're split decision losing against Andre Feely, I mean, that should tell you everything you need to know about where these guys are at potentially here. But the 26-year-old Koulibau is in that age range as well that can make a humongous leap um, because he is that young and does have that potential. So definitely going to be a fun one on DraftKings, 9,300 for the decided minus one, minus 425 favorite against Koulibau, 6,900, one of the cheaper fighters on the night. I don't think I can take a shot on Koulibau anywhere because I just see Jordan controlling this fight from start to finish, honestly. Whatever, whether it's a finish, uh, striking or submission, it doesn't matter. I just feel like it's going to be all one way. I just scrolled up and I'm speechless. <laughs> For the headlining preliminary bout of the night at 170 pounds, we got... Court McGee coming in against Carlos Condon, Evil Twin's former lover. Evil Twin only had one man. Oh, yeah. He'll say so himself. He would definitely go deep. Good looking. That's what a lot of people say as well. Would he catch for Carlos (laughs) Condon? You might have to ask him, do we want Evil Twin's appearance later on in the show for this one? I don't know. I did not tell that evil son of a gun about it. (laughs) Absolutely. So I'm sure, be sure to ask him about Carlos Condon because he will have something to say about that bout. Again, longtime boyfriend of Condon. But I do think that he has to fight his fight, his wife over who gets the first catch there. Um, So so real quick, you know how we were talking about um, our new name for Latby? Correct. you, You were like, you feel a little Brazilian feel something like that at the beginning <laughs> i kind of picture it to yell out like mortal combat but but instead of mortal Love combat it. it'll be our new podcast name okay are That's you feeling fun. that I can, at all? even that tempo yeah totally <laughs> it doesn't have to be long or anything um sub-zero <laughs> then we can have so, someone announce us like Zoltanite. 
<laughs> Maybe I'll just do it. Maybe Curtis Blade comes in because he always comes out to the Mortal Kombat song. Get me hyped right now. Get me hyped. Oh, see, you'd feel it. Fade out. Fade oh, out. absolutely. Any Mortal Kombat, stick Mortal Kombat song in anything, and it makes it that much better. Do the dishes, Mortal Kombat song. Taking a shower, Mortal Kombat song. Cleaning out the cat bin, Mortal Kombat song. Way better. You're right. That could be a new thing on life. I used to like to hear inside my head when I was just walking around, no diggity. Mm, no doubt. Mm. Oh no, you're beating hey it in a oh, hey oh, hey oh, hey oh. But Mortal Kombat, maybe I need a little more Mortal Kombat theme in my life. There's probably mm-hmm. room for both themes. Yeah, you don't That's need no diggity life. scraping dishes. No diggity. <laughs> no doubt. You're like, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't even want to be yeah, no, these Hell no, I'm about to murder these dishes. I'm about to freaking put them in a dishwasher. Tonight night. Now I'm gonna hit it on high. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm about to hit it. I'm getting some of that ice cream out of the freezer, sub zero. (laughs) (laughs) So go shut the Johnny Cage. (laughs) Try it out. For sure. Definitely gonna spice up the life in there. Again, anywhere. Take it to the bedroom, boys. I guarantee you. Thirty more seconds at least. (laughs) <laughs> that's all i can guarantee <laughs> the mortal Kombat theme <laughs> i want everyone to write back next week and let us know how that worked for him <laughs> how'd you implement it into because your life i would say the no diggity is more of the pace <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right on that but you're there's probably, probably right. time for both of them in the same situation <laughs> Truth, truth, truth. That's it. That's where I'm saying the last 30 seconds is Mortal Kombat. Yeah, put those that's good enough. <laughs> put her ass to sleep. <laughs> so deep. Put her ass to sleep. Speaking of deep, let's go back to Carlos Condit. Carlos Condit, Court McGee, getting into the deep water is Court McGee here with a 19 and 9 record coming off of a two fight losing streak to Diego Slima split decision and Sean Brady decision. The fact that he made it through that Sean Brady decision is a testament to the man's will because Brady was landing every which way. And uh, Corn McGee was out on his feet a few times, but still able to manage to scrape by a decision, even though it was 10, eight rounds in there. Corn McGee at 35 years old is finally starting to show a bit of the wear and tear in his fighting style, which is always eat every single punch on the way in, get the takedown and grind out a hard fought decision. Um, but now those punches are just really slowing down McGee as much as are uh, to where we're just not seeing that kind of Neil Magny pace that he used to have to really get that grind going. He hit his cardio still next level, but it's just not good. And coming in against Carlos Condon and talking about not good, the, Oh, and five in his last five fighter, Carlos Condon has been a constant fade train for me. The 13 and three fighter is a Jackson Wink striker, strikes at distance, goes to that teep, goes to the top of the head. But the same reason I've bet against him in every single one of his fights has been because Carlos Condon does not have takedown defense. He does not have it, never has had it. And when he has, his knees blow out. Because he's had multiple reconstructive surgeries on both knees multiple times. Um, 
He already retired once, but was talked to coming back in just because he didn't know how to do anything else. And that's a really unfortunate situation, but he has to make a living. And unfortunate here, stylistically, a matchup. Uh, Carlos Condon's a better striker, but Court McGee has more than enough in the tank to eat any one of Carlos Condon's shots, get him up against the cage, drag him down, and just style on him on top. Um, I actually was going to go Court McGee decision, but I think it's going to be a Court McGee submission, if not TKO round number three. But I do think the accumulation as well of just that grind wears on Carlos Condon. But it's constant grind, uh, fade on Carlos Condon, and it hasn't been wrong on me yet. I don't think it's going to change here. This is probably the last one for Carlos Condon. Give me Court McGee submission round number three. Again. Nothing but ground game. That's all Court has to do when he wins his fight. Easy. I 100% agree. I had McGee, uh, Court McGee uh, decision. I'm switching it to submission because Carlos Condit is smart enough to just collect checks at this point. And once he sees that he's losing it, he just gives it up. Um, I have a submission round three, but I'm even going to go and move it up to round two. I think it's a fade train for both guys. And I think watch the line on this one. There might be money to be made because Carlos Condit is such a big name. When betters jump on this card, they're all going to lean toward Carlos. I'm even noticing on Tapology that 65% of the people have Carlos Condit to win, which that's crazy to me. I don't under even, I don't even understand. <laughs> totally agreed and that's where i'm actually really surprised that the line is this close i really thought that cormagy would be a much bigger favorite and for that fact um i would be willing to pay a whole lot more here and i would say the line's off here but it's because cormagy should be a three to one favorite i mean he could be a 250 and i'm like okay that doesn't sound wrong to me i mean carlos condon it has a triangles off of his back and stuff but who's submitting cormagy because high-level black belts are right. Not Ben Saunders. And I would say Ben Saunders is better off his back than uh, Carlos Condit. Yeah, I oh, would wait, agree with that. Ben Saunders, I would agree with that. Yeah, Ben Saunders didn't submit him the whole fight, and he tried the whole fight, too. Um, Correct. I would say on for Carlos Condit, um, his the caliber of people that he's gone up against is an entire category difference. It's major league to JV difference mm -hmm. from court mcgee carlos condit's been fighting those big dogs for i don't even know how long i mean if i'm gonna say court mcgee's weathered because of fights in there carlos condon is the case study and being i mean diego sanchez is like the only guy fighting longer than court mcgee has been not court mcgee freaking carlos condon he's back in those wec days come over been a long time title contender but really has been a shell of himself for many many years and it's really unfortunate um He's but pretty. again the minus 140 line is value on court mcgee everywhere there's no knockout finish as far as i'm concerned here agree for condon uh, i think mcgee rounds that out easy. but it's um, gonna do here right so, right yeah. right right so Name power, bringing the line down a little bit like that. I'm going to be playing a lot of Court McGee in spots here. On what I was saying, DraftKings, 8,300. I mean, dare I say linchpin type of style? That's the way I feel about Court McGee. For 8,365 average points, especially if he gets a finish, it'll probably be in that 85-90 range. It is so weird to me to think that about Court McGee. But 
I can see it. Right? I see it. Well, that's like where we got to seven points. That's why you come to Lappy. We got to get these sneaky underside picks. Like, hey, people aren't thinking about this, but we got a shot fighter on our hands, unfortunately. Hey guys, Cheney here. Just stopping in real fast to remind you to hit the like and subscribe. Also, make sure you follow us on all platforms at LATV underscore MMA. That's right. For all things Lesbo and the Bean, you can find us at LATV underscore MMA. If you need a little more Emmanuel, you can find him on most platforms at Zoltanite, including Twitch. And you can find me on all platforms at Weakneck Baby. So thank you for listening and back to the show. It's a weird one. I don't know about Court McGee yet being my linchpin, but we'll see. It's early in the fights. I'm looking ahead already and I'm like, huh, really? Early in the fight. We're about to start the Fight Pick Championships for better known as the main card for most other people out there. We got five bouts ahead of us, and boy, howdy, do we have a doozy ahead of us. It's a dirty one, and it's going to start off with Daquan Townsend coming in against Dusko Trotvik. Dusko in here is a debuting... 185-pound fighter on the Contender Series, beating Teddy Ash a year ago. Decision, really surprised he got a contract off of the decision. Beating Michelle Pereira via TKO as well. So that's a little bit of UFC caliber fighter in there. But Dusko in here comes in heavy-handed, uh, throws heavy, heavy strikes on the ground. The Serbian fighter um, also has a slick ground game. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to say slick or just very powerful. Uh, he's definitely not a fish out of water. Likes top control. He likes that front headlock series, those guillotine type of stuff. Um, but definitely is a power striker and moves like a kind of like a power wrestler, I'd guess, because when he throws hands, they're very stiff, but they hurt people. Pereira will tell you they hurt you badly. But there is just kind of a robotic movement at times to Dusko when I see that. And that's on the regional scene. Now that he's in the UFC, um, it's definitely a much different factor. The fact that Townsend, though, is his first opponent in here may not be <laughs> UFC-level fighter. We've been fading Townsend every single fight. And guess what? We've been doing just fine. Just fine in Lat B here. Last losing to Devin Clark, which doesn't you look that bad seven months ago. about Townsend? He takes Go everything ahead. short notice. He moves up and down mm -hmm. in weight um, from 185. He took like the first fight. His first fight in the UFC was on like three days notice or some bullshit. He's done like 205, 185, 205. He rarely fights in his own weight class. He's fighting guys that are like, he's not having a chance to step up in the UFC. He's fighting guys that are far better than him, ranked and everything, have been in the UFC for just because he's trying to be a company man. And somewhere there that's either it, it you're you need some sort of management i understand there needs to be checks collected but there needs to be like okay dude you need a win so let's not take every fight just because it's a paycheck let's actually plan out your next one you did the short notice fight let's plan out your next one and then, so i think it was planned out but his first next fight against bevan lewis that's not a walk in the park 
Bevan Lewis is like legit. So then his last fight against Devin Clark was on short notice up again at 200. Mm-hmm. So, um, and Devin Clark for all intents and purposes has been in the UFC forever. Um, I don't know. I just, and he just got rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, but he was not even in his weight class. So I just have to stick up for him a little bit because I do feel like he's kind of um, company manning himself out of any chance of a victory. Okay, go on. <laughs> that's my piece. Uh, you're absolutely right here. And uh, that's what I was going to say. Devin Clark is definitely UFC caliber type of a fighter, as is, well, maybe not Luke Liambula, but Devin Lewis as well has been a little tested. Um, but Townsend's got a solid chin on him. He's definitely has had a full camp seven months ago was his last fight at 34 years old. Uh, he's got spoiler alert written all over him, but I can't give him that much credit because Townsend even does take a beating in there. Sometimes his output is just super low and his fight IQ at times can be very just not not there, but lumberous. He just kind of takes the, the I'll sag on you instead of keep fighting route instead of keep fighting. So I think Though a lot of people are really high on this um, debuting fighter, Dusko, here. And I think the line is a bit out of whack. Uh, I do feel like I'm going to be picking this fighter. But as far as betting-wise, I feel like there's a decision type of prop. I feel like Townsend's going to be able to eat all of those shots. Not only will he lose uh, two of those rounds, it may be all three of them. um, But I do think he can eat them. And that's where I feel like line prop the inside the distance is going to be really high for this finisher in Dusko, but he's going to have to go to decision and he has in fights. So I'm not afraid that he can't not do it because he can hold a heavy three round pace. Um, but I do think Townsend, uh, has got a little more than most other opponents in there. So give me Dusko decision. Uh, I think there's a lot of disrespect here coming in against Townsend and, uh, people need to look out. I could be convinced into taking a shot on the dog betting wise because there's value if you want to look at Townsend side because the line's off here. I have a couple questions. If I were to compare Devin Clark's ground game to uh, Tudo Rovic, what are their uh-huh. comparisons on a one to ten scale? Uh, I think Dusko attacks a lot more with submissions where. Brown Bear will just kind of outposition you and hold on to the decision. So Dusko's a little more uh, dangerous, um, but it's not too much higher. Like he's not going for crazy Oliveira submissions. They're very Brown Bear esque type of put in the hooks, get a rear naked choke, uh, maybe go for a Darce, maybe one or two fights, but that's low level competition. I feel like Townsend can defend that type of stuff. If uh, Dusko went against Clark. Who would you have to win that fight? I'd probably say Clark decision, but it'd be the same grindy type of a mess of a fight. Um, the other question that I had is you're one of the only people I know that actually watches all the contender series in the Teddy Ash fight that went to decision. Mm-hmm. Would you, how would you put Teddy Ash against Townsend? Uh, I would also, Teddy Ash would, th- him and Townsend would have a split decision type of a fight. Um, mm. And you're right with uh, Dusko here. That decision, 
there was points he he rocked his opponent, but when he gassed a little bit, I mean, it turned into a very labored, muscle punching robot style where it's like Townsend will eat those punches. He's ate them against better fighters, and he won't fire back, but he won't go down. And I think it cruises into a decision either way. So if you wanna play Townsend, but with an average of three fights and an average of seven points for Townsend, woo! Three fights and his average is seven points. Wow. He hasn't got to do shit yet in the UFC. I'm going to go no. with some yeah. output being by Dusko, but no way he finishes Townsend. I'm just, and I'm being sweet here. I could totally, I'm going to watch weigh-ins. And, and you know what? I didn't watch weigh-ins last week, and there was two things I 100% would have changed before fight time had I of one of them being the Dominic Reyes fight. If I would have seen his body, he looked like a porpoise. I was like, what has happened? He lost all muscle mass. Um, but uh, Daquan... Townsend I could see being a really live underdog for an upset I love when people pick a fighter like this because of their records they know nothing right. about him at all like no one's doing tape study so, like you I know no one's watching contender series and so it just makes I I just call this disrespectful and this is where there's money to be made where a guy like Daquan has been on short notice against bullshit wrestlers the whole time he hasn't gotten to show anything what he does yet we don't even know why he's in the UFC um so you know whatever well, so give make me people disco. look good yeah they, they tried to make Devin lewis look good they made lucky and bula look good then they're like oh Devin clark needs a knockout put him in here against townsend but he didn't make Devin clark look good he just made a sloppy ass disgusting fight um and i feel like that's kind of what this turns into but on DraftKings, nine thousand one hundred for dosco in here Chodrick. Coming in against Townsend, 7,100. I feel like the plays Townsend are not there um, unless, for 9 Unless it's a rinse and repeat style where it is like that Devin Clark. We've never seen Devin Clark worth a shit of points before. But in this fight, because um, it was like, I don't know if he was letting Townsend back up every time or Townsend actually had the wherewithal and height to get his leverage back underneath him and get back up. Sure. But... Uh, I think it was more Brown Bear was letting him up every time just to pull him back down. So I don't know if Dusko has that style, but if he does, then it could be worth legitimate points. Absolutely. So I actually feel like oh, it's tough to pick um, what's his name? Freaking Dusko in there. So I think I can have shares 10 and 10% just because Townsend is worth the value as far as DraftKings because he's such an underdog that if he does, which he's not a high scorer, hit the highest he scored is 28 points. That's Ugh. the highest he scored. Ugh. So but he's, maybe he's it's a probably, big fat stay away. Yeah. Big fat stay away. That's probably the best route there against Dusko's. But the prop bet, as I'm saying, is Dusko decision. A lot of people have a finish here. And I don't necessarily feel like it materializes in the octagon there. I but love that's it. Definitely you know what else I love about this is that everyone in the Fight Big Championship is going to have decision. Is listening. <laughs> 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 so that's the damn truth. Ricky M underscore MMA. <laughs> so <laughs> then we have a much funner fight, a much 
crazier stylistic matchup. We got a dirty? No, it's not a double. On the main card at 135 pounds, returning Kyler Phillips against debut in band called Cameron. Color Me Bad. Else, I know of the band. I've heard yeah. of them. Ooh. It's like, I think yes. he's saying, I want to sex you up. Uh, Kyler <laughs> Phillips <laughs> looks like a dude in that band. In this bravado, in this topology photo, yeah. for sure. For sure, for sure, with the glasses and hair. I don't know if it's allowed anymore in the UFC, but uh, Phillips has been around for a long time. The 25-year-old um, has been on the Contender Series as well. I believe that's where he lost to Brad Katona. Majority decision showed a lot of um, prospect finished. Some prospects, James Gray, Contender Series as well in the LFA, got a couple wins, came into the UFC short notice, beat Gabriel Silva in a decision seven months ago. A lot of wrestling, a lot of good ground game. Phillips shows that he can strike and keep a good pace in there, keeps a high pace as well. A lot of really good stuff people are liking from the 25-year-old. Nothing but the up for him. Being in there in the MMA lab, having, uh, who's his name? Uh, with who's the Afro. Caceres. There's a couple other opponents at the MMA lab that have been doing better. Benson Henderson. Uh, they always have bodies coming in and out. But Kyler Phillips is always on the tip of their tongue saying he's a guy who's got power but also some submission ability in there. And against Ellison here, the four, the 10 and four fighter coming out of England, coming off of a five fight, six fight winning streak, last beating Brad Evans, debuting in the UFC, knocking out Stevens on the brave scene. Uh, Tom major TKO. I saw some of those, some of those guys, Tom major was a 41, 45 year old carpenter, who was just like, you're going to give me 500 bucks to fight? Win or lose, right? And they're like, yeah, win or lose. He's like, all right, all right. I don't have to finish roofing the rest of this house today. <laughs> like, that's what his fucking Tom Major was doing. So what I really like about Cameron in there is he's lived by the sword, died by the sword. He's only went to a decision once in his entire career of 14 fights. Um, he mainly is winning these, though. He has been knocked out and submitted, but it's not um, because it was just... Uh, a fluke. He definitely had to be hurt, and a lot of his opponents ate a lot of damage. Els is a Gaethje style of fighter. Um, not in that vein as technically sound as Gaethje, but that pressure forward type of style um, is really complemented well with his heavy overhand right. You can see it coming from a mile away, but Els doesn't care about throwing power. And his strikes because he doesn't care about being on the ground. He has a great Dar series. Really sneaky. He rolls through really well on it. He's long at 5'8". Um, they don't have his reach on here. But he really looks to be a little bit taller than even 5'8 against a lot of his opponents. But he's just a demon off of his back as well. He's one of these guys that puts power into his punches. Um, because he's confident on the ground. He can get back up if he needs to. Um, and he puts guys away. The thing is though, after the first round. I think Ellis has only went to the second round two or three times, um, and that activity drops off dramatically, dramatically, and those big looping punches leave a lot of openings, and I think with Phillips' takedown accuracy and his uh, way to keep a game plan together, I think if Phillips can get through this first round cleanly, which I think a lot of people are overlooking Ellis here in this first round, if he gets out of it, 
it's Phillips all the way. Do but you uh, like I think that list live out. I do, and I I love that you said that because he has been training with Cowboy out there, um, and a lot of guys out there talking about like this guy's a fucking nightmare. This guy gets after you, and he has that mentality. But it's die by the sword. The those four losses came because he was fucking swinging with everything, and the gas tank ran out, or a punch came over the top of that looping punch. But again, his his ground game or his strikes are accentuated by his ground game. He can and like Roy Val that we just saw that crazy spinning elbow shit. He Roy Val does that because he's so confident on the ground. L type of a fighter, and we I love that. That's what I fucking love. Um, but the competition's level's a little low. So give me Phillips in a decision. But this is a fight of the night contender for me. This is a round of the year contender type of a fight. Els will be in these type of fights moving forward. Fun one. Super fun one. Els looks powerful. I don't like that, that he's also a submission dude and like can jump up and grab a neck or something kooky like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if this stands and bangs the whole time, I got Phillips by decision. Even if Els just gets sloppy and falls to his back a couple times, just wanting for him to come down. Uh, it's really just experience over anything, but I love everything that you're telling me about Cameron Els, and I love that he's uh, training out of BMF. I, I just, I mm-hmm. love the idea of Cowboy being a corner man for a couple of young, hungry dudes and uh, knowing that they're extra dangerous because they're training with a dude like Cowboy. Like, we know what he has to offer in there. And if they're rolling with him every day and he's keeping them light, and he, he can also put into uh, words exactly what to expect on all these situations. So, um, yeah, I th- I like him as a live dog. And it could just be a really emotional play. Uh, but I just think he's going to have a lot of energy in there. But give me Phillips by decision. So I'm actually talking myself. I have Phillips' decision as well. But as I'm saying, Els throws so much into that first round that I could see Phillips finishing in that third round. Because Phillips has been there in many fights against at-level competition where Els hasn't. And when he hasn't, on the regional scene, he's been taken out in there. So I think I'm going to go submission round number three, Phillips. Um, But I'm going to put, for 9,200, I'm going to have to put both guys on my cards here phillips averaged he's only fought once in the ufc but in that decision against silva he had 96 points so that was a really high output and I that's why i feel the like the submission is high. if i were you if i were gonna go with a finish i just think els has a lot more opportunity of defending any kind of submission than he would actually uh-huh. getting um unanswered punches if you were so, gonna go with the finish that would be how i would I'm going to go 20% Phillips, 10% Els, because at 7,000, with the volatility that he comes in with, you got to have him on your card. He's the type of guy that if he wins, it's going to be first round. Um, And that's worth 100 with who knows how much extra points. So I think you got to have exposure on both sides. Really excited for this fight. But any Els fight, I'm going to be excited for. I guarantee you that. Same as Roy Val. I like it. I like it. So, I like it a lot. Super, super fun <laughs> one. <laughs> Into another sneaky one at 135 pounds. We got Juliana Pena coming in against Jireen Derendami, the Iron Lady, 9 and 4, coming off of a title contention, losing to Amanda Nunes in a decision. 
getting dominated on the ground, but showing still her high level striking. Why I have been a longtime fan of GDR, and you can attest here, I've always liked her. I've just hate her outside type of politics and nonchalantness about the sport, how she got a career of being a cop after she was in the UFC. And even though I like her longevity in her mind of it it was just kind of like political no blue lives anti-blue yeah, lives. No, i'm just kidding i'm just kidding no, i knew no, you weren't was, i'm just kidding i knew you weren't not going in 100 percent on an mma i totally Anybody knew who... you weren't i was just being a jerk <laughs> <laughs> i get i always what? drop the bullshit things that are so divisive you never do <laughs> uh, well it's just coming from again i like full-time fighters all the time, not part-timers because it usually doesn't work out and against the champ. And if she put in that time, maybe she wouldn't have been that back off of the uh, bat off of the ground. If she put the time to do the work there, um, since then she said, she's got that back under control and against Pena here, the nine and three fighter had a little bit of a break. Um, (laughs) I thought she did great off the ground. She's a, she's not a submission artist at all. And she got a few up kicks in that almost knocked Amanda Nunes out. I actually thought Amanda was being reckless with GDR and disrespectful, leaving her down there and not finishing it in any way. But obviously, GDR had enough to not get submitted by the black belt. I thought GD, I mean, she has zero ground game. So I thought, damn, I was actually impressed with how long she stayed in there and how little damage she took from a lion ass. I agree. As you're saying, she hurt her as well, not only with those up kicks, but there was many times that GDR hurt her striking. And why Amanda Nunes was first shot for those takedowns was because GDR was lighting her ass up. I agree. And Amanda Nunes is one of the highest, best strikers, strongest strikers. And that's why I've loved GDR. That jab against Aspen Ladd was a little early, but GDR was a big underdog here. Your boy Alabi is trying to tell you guys, Dutch kickboxer, Alistair Overeem, like... These guys hit differently. Um, But either way here, I feel like the line is completely off. Here, Pena has to get it to the ground. GDR's talking about that. Now she's really worked on her takedown defense because she learned that, hey, if she gets that under control, she can beat the champ striking. So then what's going to happen? So I think Pena might be able to get the first round on the ground. But even as you're saying, if Amanda Nunes can submit you, I don't think Juliana Pena is going to submit you, especially after Shevchenko walked all over you. And it in the Shevchenko matchup, it wasn't the ground game that did it for Shevchenko, even though she got a submission. It was the striking. The striking picked Pena apart where Pena gave up. And uh, Shevchenko was like, okay, armbar, because you don't want to be in here. I think Darren Dami can emulate that tenfold a much harder striker much better angles it's just whether a take down the fence holds up and i think uh it will especially in that second and third round i got gdr tko round number two and the line is so off i was saying maybe a linchpin on that other one this is actually my linchpin give me gdr everywhere same as against aspen lad stylistically this is the nightmare matchup for pena same as shevchenko fight anybody who can withstand the ground that's a good striker. All of a sudden, Pena's like, oh, oh, I'm just grab. She'll just grab. And that's where GDR is going to be like, oh, palm to the face, poke you in the eye, straight right after the bell, fight's over, second round. I actually, um, <laughs> Juliana Pena, old school Juliana Pena with old school GDR, it, she was a real danger to GDR. Uh, Juliana Pena had one of, the, she was like the OG 
Claudia Gedalia when Claudia Gedalia was Claudia Gedalia. <laughs> like, Julian Opinion was a bad <laughs> bitch. Like, she had a killer ground game and she was good enough on the feet. Um, it the UFC world has just changed and it's not even that Juliana Pena could not be in the prime of her career. She just hasn't been active enough. She hasn't, uh, she left a okay camp and then went with her boyfriend somewhere like with some new relationship, like moved her whole entire life. Uh, yeah. Like had a baby, like she just got, she didn't put her fighting as priority almost in the same way as you say, you don't like somebody that does something else and not that you can't do anything else. We have Steve Bays. We have Michelle Watersons. We have people that are still good, but there is something about putting your fight life as this priority to you. And somewhere with Juliana Pena, she lost that to me. And everything you're saying too, she's almost like a lesser Amanda Nunes everywhere, but like in half. But a lot, right? Like a big Yeah, like in half. She's the the blue belt version of Amanda Nunes. If I tell you this, GDR versus Nico Montano, who wins that fight? That's what I was just about to say. So it's like, yes, I understand that she fought Nico Montano. If you listen to any lap B, I have yet to see Nico Montano show up and be UFC caliber to me. And so that is like a win in Invicta. It's almost like she went down to, she lost to Shevchenko, went down to Invicta, got a victory, and now she's back fighting a slayer like GDR, an OG in the game that hasn't gone anywhere, that's fought all these people to take her L. Now she's back. I want to think like GDR easy she should be able to knock it out but juliana pena is a brawler she's been in there if she's not going to get submitted i didn't see her getting finished by a submission by shevchenko that was really crazy to me and that leads me to believe it's not even um position over at that point strength it was pure it was strength yeah and so gdr strength wise can pena get her to the ground and around and keep her there maybe can she do it heavier than Amanda Nunes? Because there was something about Amanda Nunes where she didn't take her seriously, though. She was taunting her. She was playing with her like a lot, like a cat. And I think Juliana Pena, she can lay heavier. She can cat Zingano. She can do that kind of like wet blanketing of GDR that she could solidly win around and get her down. I got to hope GDR knows what to do. But I just felt like Amanda Nunes could take her down at whim. At whim, anytime she wanted to take her down, she could take her down. And if Manny Nunes can take so, you down at whim, Juliana Penny can get you down sometimes. Right. And the thing with what GDR is, she's saying she's like, I realize it's my takedown defense. And that's the biggest thing with any striker. You have to have immaculate takedown defense to get your strikes going, or else it's, you know, not MMA. So well, GDR she said she is. right? She flops back and forth. But she yeah, she's been at AKA for a little while. AKA. She'll do a full training camp, and I can't speak about this fight specifically, but I know before her last one, she had taken a full eight months off and been at AKA for eight months because, again, she's a cop. So, again, that Oof. was seven months ago, Dude, so maybe she accumulated you, a level of time. Juliana Pena can wet blanket her and make this the most boring fight ever she can withstand like getting in the inside she did it with Shevchenko and as much as I like GDR's power Shevchenko's faster and if you right. we rewatch that Pena Shevchenko fight Juliana Pena was the one that decided to clinch up with her and where to take it 
um, right. Valentina just outmuscled her. So this really makes me nervous, and it makes me nervous that she's planning it right. Nico Montano's ground game is 10 times better than GDR's. Even though GDR could pick her apart on the feet and everything, even that Aspen Lad were like, eh, Aspen Lad was a little overrated. Um, I think Juliana Pena is a real grinder, and I GDR did plan for a five round fight, five round fight last fight. So I that she uh, went, you know, five rounds with friggin' Amanda Noons. <sighs> so I definitely oh, all no, over Lynchpin eight thousand six hundred on DraftKings. Minus 120 favorite, which is really close as far as the betting lines. Much closer than DK. Pena, 7,600. Again, this is who I'm going to be basing, actually. I don't even know who I talked about earlier who might be my linchpin, but that is not the case. GDR is my linchpin at 8,600. I'm going to be building my lineups around her. Uh, I just feel like this is lopsided What type of a fight, even though the lines don't show that. What about who do you um, think you're going to be taking in DraftKings on this one? Is Juliana Pena always fighting out of Spokane? Yes. Oh, okay. I don't know. Kiesa's out of that game easy... as well. Kiesa, maybe? I don't know. I think this could be a very dangerous fight. Yeah, she's fighting. She's fighting out of the same camp as Kiesa out of Olympia. Um, Absolutely. Uh, I jumped in here a little bit. I'm going to introduce myself as the most evilest and best looking of the two twins available. <laughs> nice. Evil twin, ladies and gentlemen. Rudely interrupting, as always. So, <laughs> we're getting into this main card. We're about to get into the co-main event of the evening. It's a fun one, but uh, do you have anything to say before any of that? We went through a whole other fights nine fights um there were some juicy ones that gdr pena i'm super high on gdr i think a lot of people are bringing the line in for pena but i see one way bludgeoning as far as a knockout tko round number two well i've got plenty of things to say mainly that you're ugly and stupid <laughs> thank you but on behalf of the fight card um, I agree with your assessment there. I'm, I'm going GDR. I, I don't know that I'm going to play her as heavily, but the inactivity as well as the um, gnarly injury that Pena sustained as well as with after having kids. GDR, even though she's inactive, Juliana Pena is way less inactive, and that's just not going to bode well at the end of the day. In between that time frame from when Juliana last fought, I mean, GDR has been stripped of a title at that point. Like... She's at least still competing, so I totally am on the same boat as you um, in regards to that. I got GDR all the way. I think uh, she's fought better takedown uh, or people with better takedowns than a Juliana Pena and uh, in lower class, or I shouldn't say lower class, but lower developed skill set individuals have beat Juliana Pena. GDR is top of the heap. Um, Any other fights that stuck out specifically we don't have to go through them all but one that you think there's maybe a line mismatch on i know that you're a boyfriend and i did let everybody know how much you love carlos condon but i feel like that was my other potential linchpin is uh court mcgee i feel like he styles all over the ghost of carlos condon 
<sighs> Unfortunately, I got to agree. Did I'm, I'm staying Carlos away from that Condit fight for the out? most part. What's that? Did you grow your Carlos Condit beard out? This beard has been here this whole time. Oh, it just no. looks like Carlos no, no. Condit's today. <laughs> no, it's always this luxurious. Always. <laughs> it's ready for hunting season. I'm, I'm not going to be able to watch. I'm going to have to catch up because I will be out of town uh, camping. You. For all your fans. But, yeah, that's what the beard it helps distract the animal. Um, so uh, I, I totally... I totally agree. Uh, Condit hasn't had a good showing in years. I'm all about him. I'm going to support him all the way through. I don't care if he uh, messes my stats up. I'm going Condit, but I agree that he is, uh, he's not even a former shell of himself. He's just not there anymore. And he's, he's really, at least what it seems like to me is he's there to, to get paychecks at this point. I don't think his drive is gone. It's, I don't think his body is able to sustain. He, he injures himself way too easy and guys have injured him way too easy. You just, he's not going to hold up. Um, fights that I did really like. And I think, I think the lines off of on the, um, where is it? Where is it? Here we go. Oh, nope, that's next week's card. Sorry, I looked at the wrong card. <laughs> this card. I have, a theory. I have a weird theory, and I don't know if it could be true at all. It was just something I actually thought about <laughs> um, today in the shower. Do you think that if you didn't eat meat for like four to a, four days to a week before you went hunting, that I was thinking how dogs can smell um, so good. I don't know if deers can. I don't know what animals, what they can, but I imagine it to be better than humans. So do you think they smell meat eaters around them? Wouldn't a meat smell predators? Hundred percent. So do you think 100%. maybe you could yeah, eat vegetarian? Pour all over yourself. Yeah, like maybe eat vegetarian for like five days before you go hunting, and that would even be extra that they wouldn't smell you. Um, it, that's a great theory, and I think you are not the first one to think of that because animals absolutely um, know when there's predators around. So you do something like this and put just scent killer, and yet don't have to eat like a vegetarian. You just oh. spray a little bit of that cologne on there they won't know you're there now do your neighbors know they have a sexual predator around uh no a sexual tyrant there's a difference <laughs> tyrant <laughs> so what other ones did you uh, did you find in there that you thought that might be a little valuable for you in the uh, air i this one, this card isn't isn't really great top to bottom. I, mm -hmm. I, honestly, I'm looking forward to uh, Loma, Loma versus uh, Frey. I actually kind of really enjoy that. I I'm big on Casey Kennedy or Kenny. Um, by all means, I've enjoyed what he's done up to this point. Uh, I totally have him, but I think Loma because of her her tenacity. And her Muay Thai tradition. I mean, she's so little, so petite, but she gets after it. And I'm super impressed. Always have been super impressed with Tiger Muay Thai. Also, repping my boy Roger Huerta, although he may be removed by now. Um, a lot of that, they're just gritty, fun fights and fun fighters to showcase. So, I'm, honestly, for this one, I um, definitely I think the, the ladies have a better showing compared to the last one. I mean, you got the headliner, Waldana. You got um, Durana May versus Pena. 
and you got Loma early off in the bout. But I think that's actually a pretty good fight. Um, Jordine should be a good fight as well. But I didn't see any in this card in particular. I didn't see any huge, uh, huge Mitch matches or line. Um, I agree. I think Duran may should get more respect on her name uh, just because I think she's fighting a name, a name, not necessarily a the same level of athletes she's competed against. So that's why I feel like betting-wise, I'm going to be putting money because there's value as far as GDR, and she should be such a bigger favorite at this point. Yeah, she's she's clearly got power. She has takedown defense, and she's hold, held the form in former belt. Um, I mean, that's what are you supposed to – how are you supposed to combat that when this lady when, – when's the last time Pena even fought? Year? <laughs> two? I'm going to check it right now. A year and four months against Nico Montano. Decision. Nico Montano. Decision. And Nico Montano is even worse than her as far as making a fight. So, yeah. Did you look up there, you evil bastard? Kyler Phillips versus Cameron Ellis. Els? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Oh, all right then. Because that, that, that's a fun one. That's a fun one right before the GDR fight. Get into tape later on. Maybe let the fans know because I feel like uh, he'd be interested. Definitely a a fast starter in L's. So fun one. What about up on the card? What do you think? Let's go to the next uh, um, Castro Felipe. Uh, oh, you got Tom Breeze showing up again. He's, no, there's that there's a lot. Oh, it did. It's still sh- it's still showing on Tapology. No, it literally no. just must have fallen out. Yeah, it fell out. He already had a replacement come in in Boulard, and uh, I believe Boulard just fell out like a day ago, so that fight's off. Oh, man, so it's a 10-out so card. The main event, and Jorgen DeCastro coming in against Carlos Felipe at 265 pounds. We got two fairly young fighters as far as the UFC's concerned. Uh, the 32-year-old DeCastro's coming in with his first loss ever against Hardy in a decision four months ago getting some wins over Tafa and Meeks in there with them heavy-duty leg kicks, moving over to Massachusetts from Cape Verde against the Philippe Aranches here, who actually got picked up off of the Contender Series, uh, ended up coming in the UFC, but popped before he ever fought for steroids, Fet fought on the amateur boxing scene for that two-year suspension, so he stayed active. But against Spivak, he really didn't show anything. Didn't have a second gear. Got hurt nonstop. I fucking hate Spivak. I think Spivak (laughs) is a UFC caliber, and Spivak worked uh, in a decision, uh, Philippe here. So I've been on my boy DeCastro for a long time. Uh, I see why he's a big favorite here, and I think it's easily leg kicks set up anything but he's got to throw those kicks but i don't think the casker is going to be scared by anything even though he's the smaller guy uh in there even though they're both six foot i'm lying the casker's five ten maybe five nine he ain't no fucking yeah. six foot so uh, definitely give me castro tko round number two what do you heathen stink goes on in that one go ahead weak neck you got this 
I'm going to go DeCastro mm-hmm. decision. I don't know if he necessarily finishes Felipe, but I think he stunts all his power with those leg kicks, like you're saying in the first round. Um, he has that Devin Clark, like big tree trunk leg body. Uh, I think he just bangs it away. I think it's slow moving by the second round and by the third round, it's the most boring fight in the world. And we're all like, Oh, let me refill my drink. I guess we're all going to come back and watch home. Aldana. That's how I feel about this fight. Right? Yep. <laughs> so DeCastro decision. Uh, yeah. You know, DeCastro had, a. um, I'd say he had a, a decent enough showing. His last bout out was the Hardy fight. So I agree. I don't think uh, someone like Philippe is going to scare him when you have an ogre like uh, Greg Hardy. who That's a, a physical specimen that's fast, hits hard. Um, I don't think that was his best, DeCastro's best showing either. But I don't think he'll be intimidated, and I agree. I do think he gets a stoppage because I think Philippe is, uh, is, is not there. Um, and I'm basing it off of the fact that that De Castro did as well against Hardy, even though it was a lackluster fight. Uh, I see all the avenues in his favor. So on DraftKings, eight thousand nine hundred for the minus two sixty-five favorite De Castro against Philippe's seven thousand three hundred on DraftKings. It's Castro or pass for me. I don't think Philippe's live anywhere. He only averages. 22 points to DeCastro's 57, but again, I think Castro's super live for a finish here, so that's the side I'm going to be on. It's Price Castro 20%. or Castro? Jorgen DeCastro. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Then we have the main event of the evening at 135 pounds. Holly Holmes coming in against Irene Aldana, the 12-5 and fighter. Irene Aldana has put together a two-fight winning streak out of that Lobo gym that people are loving against Vanessa Mello and Caitlin Vieira winning the knockout of the year for many ladies, uh, finishing the undefeated fighter at the time with Vieira. Vieira coming back recently and getting a big win against... Vieira just fought Eubanks last week. That's right. So that's why it seems so familiar. Only losing a split decision and all that to Raquel Pennington beating Cohea, beating... Pudlova as well in a split decision. Aldana comes in with that heavy-duty boxing in there, that lo- tough Mexican style, a lot of uh, Alexa Grasso. They've all been working on their plyometrics and their grappling. I follow them both on Instagram. Both Aldana and Grasso have worked on their ground game. But here in this specific fight, she doesn't have to worry about that because Holly Holm ain't shooting no takedowns on nobody anytime soon. I'll... <laughs> Holly Holmes is a striker's striker, and the reason it makes more sense for me to bring Carlos Condon on because remember when she Holly Holmes at Anderson, she just took her down over and over again and did nothing, no nothing. submission attempts, nothing, nothing, just absolutely boring type of a fight. Um, but that's what Holly Holm does. She's a decision type of fighter. She'll get the knockout if it's there. If you're my girl, Betchy Cohea, if you're Honda Housie in there, yeah, you can get him out of there. But if you're anybody else, it just turns into a decision. Always turns into a decision. It turns into a pointing Kia. A lot of really good distance management for Holly Holm. And uh, she just has a lot of great pivots and is able to just kind of outbox and outclass these ladies. But she... It's really hard for her to really hurt ladies in there where against Vieira, the pressure really got to Vieira and Aldana finally got to her with that left hook. But 
I don't see that type of a shot ever landing against the Holly Holm. None of that shit's ever worked against Holly Holm before. And Aldana does her best when she's moving forward, but she moves forward with four and five punch combinations on a straight line where Holm just pivots around that. And again, there's no ground game worries at all whatsoever here. So I think it's going to be a volume versus the actual precision of Holm's fight or strikes. So I think this is a dirty split. It's going to go five rounds. So that, I got to give the advantage to home. She's been there just so many more times in her career, even though she is older at 38 against a 32-year-old Aldana. I think home squeaks out a dirty split decision, but I think it's 3-2. I think it could go 3-2 Aldana, and nobody can be mad about that. Um, it's an intriguing matchup, but it's not one that I'm held at the edge of my seat. Like, if this was in the middle of the fight card, I've been like, cool, this is a fun fight. It's not a main event. So I'm going to be taking home decision, but this is going to be a this boring decision type of a fight for me. Very striking oriented. You do you guys take anything away from it? Do you have Evil Twin's video still? I got Evil Twin. What? Okay. You. I just you, reset my video real quick, but I it was mine fell out of one of them. Uh, so I wanted to make sure I, I thought you it. were taking video on me. Ain't nobody take videos of me without my consent. Even you <laughs> Twitch users. I don't care. Even you world winning federation. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't videotape me. <laughs> so it's definitely uh, a, a slow matchup. Not one I'm excited for. You guys sound like you're just super thinking this is going to probably be the fight of the night. I'm assuming that's what Evil Twin thinks. Fight of the night at hand. He loves Aldana. Always has. Um, I, I'm excited for Aldana to get a great opportunity. But for the very much so the same reasons, the only difference that I'm going to give you is I think Holly Holmes can stop Aldana. Solely because uh, Vieira was able and really got reckless with her punching, but Vieira was out starting out striker with power punches and um, just trying to wade through Aldana. Aldana countered correctly and put her down fantastic, but Aldana was starting to lose the striking battle to just a more aggressive. And Aldana kept put the reason why she kept losing it is because she pressed forward, like you're saying, stringing together combos against a person like Holly Holmes. You string together those five punch combos. Holly, just like you explained, is going to turn the corner, Matador, throw the head kick, or throw the hook. And for that reason, I think Holly Holmes actually can get the stoppage in this because Aldana has one direction and one direction only, and that is forward. Against a counter striker or someone that can parry and uh, create angles, that is the best kind of fight because they're going to open you up for a highlight reel. It yeah. is. It's crazy to say uh, Holm is very similar to Adesanya in that way, is that she always is cutting left, cutting right. You're not going to get a straight line with her ever. And um, when you're setting up something that you think you're coming forward on her, she's setting, she can head kick you, like you're saying, and do those kind of things. Um, I Also, the MMA math... Rocky Pennington beat Aldana, which shouldn't. I had Rocky in that fight, but shouldn't have happened with the trajectory of everything. But the way she beat her was holding her up against the fence and then getting a takedown at the end of every round. Just enough. It wasn't really on the stand-up. Aldana was winning everything there. She just had the ring IQ and then getting the takedown when needed. If 
Holly Holm can use part of that game plan as well. She's going to be so much stronger here. Holly has that huge shoulders, like the same way she handled Megan Anderson. She can use that with Aldana. So I think she can kind of control her on the feet a little bit and decide if she wants to get her up against the cage. I think she's more dangerous there. I think she's stronger there. And I think Holly is one of those crazy, crazy people that she can keep full ring IQ when she's in there for five rounds. So I think you could see her get a takedown or two. I think you, Aldana's kind of the perfect fighter for Holly Holm to show her full gamut of what she does in there. And so mm -hmm. I think we can see like Holly Holm go to work. I, I, I'm kind of excited for this and I can't believe I'm saying like I at first when I first heard this fight, I thought, oh, Aldana. But no, it's Holly Holm. It's this is a Holly Holm style fight. It's everything. It's even the come so forward wait, we style. So Cheney, Cheney. We can both agree that Emmanuel's wrong and that we're right in predicting Holly Holmes. I got Holly Holm by decision right now. <laughs> oh, you too? Oh, come on. She's getting that finished. <laughs> Just because you finished Betch. That's the only last person she's ever finished. And she waved it on. Betch was just like, uh, is that is that Elote? Is that that court? Oh, oh, damn. <laughs> but the five round, I do think definitely leans toward a finish happening in four or five. That um, a five round fight everywhere, Holly becomes super dangerous after 15 right. minutes. Absolutely. On DraftKings, you're going to get the minus 125 favorite, 8,400 for Holly Holm against Aldana, 7,800 plus 105 slight underdog even in some books right now and as same as gdr i kind of am surprised at this close of a line and for that reason i gotta go heavier on home feel like the volume's there the value's there i can even stack home gdr on a couple parlays did you ever think you'd and say that are... in life <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i'll stack home and gdr on a parlay but even think or uh, GDR on a DraftKings card. That is the craziest, but it, tonight it yeah, could it, work. But they're worth it. Yeah. They're worth it because they have the bigger advantages and they're undervalued and I think compared to some of these other. Absolutely right. More so GDR in my book. But five rounds Highly for valid. anybody to work, it's going to make it more likely for me to play them. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting fight night. It's like an intriguing fight night. I don't know if it's one yeah, to tell they, my friends that didn't watch UFC to tune in for. That's the case. Yeah, I'm I, lucky for me. This is best case scenario because it's one that I can catch up on and I don't have to miss any of my scheduled activities. I can catch up and go, oh, okay, yeah, I, I reviewed some tape, but I'm not like chomping at the bit. I got to get to Wi-Fi. I got to get to something. I'm going to be able to, to come back in a week or so and go, oh, yeah, I need to catch up on those fights. Let me see what happened. Do no we have deal. any good fights coming up? The following oh, yeah. week has, has a, a decent enough card. It's not great, but there's a couple of under, and I was reviewing those today, and I'm going, oh, man, this one, at least the topology percentage to people picking, I'm going, oh, no, 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 this line is off. But we'll see what, what next week brings And up. that's Marlon Marais, Cody Sandhagen. That is yeah. a good yeah. headline. That's a that's great good Barbosa, Barbosa Miracon. That's yep. a great fight. Yep. The Lal Choi. Who? Perez Al Alameda? 
Hey, 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 hey. You're on the wrong show. Wrong card, wrong card, wrong card. We got we got to talk about this next week. You've already passed up this week's Cortez. They Malecki Cortez. That late tape night study. Tape. Why get that on that Instagram? Jesus. Jesus. Am I going to have to start managing your freaking content too? Aspinall, Docus. Ah. Ah. Jesus. That, that's, that was the Docus. That Docus oh. fight. That oh, is the fight God. that they got wrong. That Docus fight. Docus is the under in that battle. Oh, yeah. Dacus. If you got money against Nasayeto right now, get Docus everywhere. Just like I told you guys everywhere. earlier. Everywhere. Docus. Docus right that now. next week's card right there. All right, guys. With that being said, best of luck. I hope to come back. Hopefully, everybody makes money except for Emmanuel. And you guys have a good weekend. Uh, hopefully, I'll have a little buddy friend in the freezer chilling on ice, ready to go for the rest of the year. Uh oh. What's in the freezer on ice? Oh, I'm, I'm going, going camping. I forgot I'm that part. I forgot that full circle of the <laughs> mushrooms. A bunch of mushrooms. No, I'm like, yeah. uh-oh. <laughs> you better Enjoy the evil bastard. <laughs> oh, oh, look, you got appearance. Evil in the appearance. The oh. little little evil. <laughs> little oh. evil. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right there, Evil Twin. All right, have thanks a good for coming in. Take, Take care. Take it easy, guys. Talk soon. Bye, guys. So, quite an intrusion on our ears there, but looking at next week's card, I mean, you guys got a little bit of my fans-only account type of show in there. That was unbelievable. There are some fucking amazing fights in a week amazing fights again if you need to take a break from mma a lot of people saying that you know after this pay-per-view it's just been a lot to keep up with i know a lot of betters that weren't talking about this but here at lab b we take care of y'all always trying to find that tape always trying to get bits and tips and studies and evil twin didn't even see some of these guys so it's definitely reckless out there in this world so at least we got well a it steady doesn't bait. matter because he's in i don't remember the last time he's beat one of us on tapology <laughs> <laughs> remember all that bullshit stat talk yeah all of a sudden when Bell bellator ain't freaking playing anywhere all of a sudden the Maybe stats are out the window pick like i pick i don't like that camp <laughs> <laughs> whatever works for sure but definitely a fun one I mean, if you didn't hear the excitement, next week is going to be a two-half-hour show. Those fights, I feel like I could talk for an hour on, like, two of those fights. Just And I just saw them. Woo! Yeah, so if anyone's interested, um, Friday night, I will be doing a live stream with uh, Red Pill Babe and Graf. Um, it'll be streaming on Weak Neck Baby. And I think that's still my channel. I don't know if I changed the name yet. <laughs> I don't know the name of anything for real. And then uh, Saturday night, right after the fights, we'll be doing fights of the round table. And you can find that always on the Backlog Network. And uh, we hit that up with Ricky and Buddy from MMA Marks. But uh, Alpha stopped by. Uh, JGzer stopped by. He took a nap. <laughs> kill you all stop by so yeah it's a super fun time if you're into uh, fight pick championships if you're into, into mma ufc um you can come get silly with us because usually we're silly. and by if then. you're into cheney check out that tinfoil hat podcast that was off the chain throwing it down for lap b getting rep internationally known for any of the tinfoil hat guests 
that may have followed us all the way here. We appreciate you for sure. We are loyal to the foil. You better believe that. <laughs> I know. That's why I had to drop some kind of conspiracy somewhere. Somewhere in the show. <laughs> All right. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, be safe out there. We love you.